blessings better. Blessings in Jesus' name. Let's say a word of prayer together. Dear Lord, thank you for this time in your presence. We ask, O oh God, that you open our hearts to receive what you have for us here today. Let the spirit of revelation, Lord, be strong. Open our hearts to receive your engrafted word with meekness. Oh, we bless your name, Holy Spirit. Thank you, sweet Spirit of God. Amen. Blessings, better blessings in Jesus' name. What I have for us here today, I titled Two Nations. Two Nations. Two Nations. Before I begin to speak on what God would have me share with us today, I want to highlight something important. You see, when you are studying scripture, we need to put in mind that there is the literal meaning of scripture, that is the doctrinal meaning when you're reading the word of God. And there is also something called the prophetic meaning of scripture. Now, many times arguments always happen and disparities because people are always caught between the doctrinal meaning and the prophetic meaning of scripture. The doctrinal meaning of scripture helps us to have a balance. But the prophetic meaning of scripture can differ, meaning that five people can read the same portion of scripture and come with different revelations pertaining to them or a particular situation. Many times prophetic meaning of scripture could be personalized. That is, the revelation behind whatever they received could be a personal dealing many times. Am I saying that prophetic meaning Am I saying that the prophetic meaning of scripture shouldn't be embraced? Definitely not. The prophetic meaning of scripture is sometimes very important or necessary depending on the kind of situation that we're dealing. The reason why I'm making or the reason why I'm hammering on this is because of what we're about to discuss here today. I need us to have a very open approach, a very open mind to receive what God has for us. So, so I don't waste so much time. Let me just jump right into what we have today. We're taking the first reading from Genesis chapter 25 from verse 22. Genesis chapter 25 from verse 22. The Bible says, And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Rebecca is the person who went to pray here. Rebecca went to inquire from God to find out why she was feeling a certain type of way. Rebecca was feeling funny. She was pregnant. But then she knew that her children struggling in her stomach was not natural it didn't look normal anymore she was troubled in her heart on what was going on inside of her so she went to ask god god what is going on why are these children being so 
worrisome inside of me? Why are these children being so stubborn? Or why are they struggling with each other? Verse 23 says, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. Two nations are in thy womb. I'm going to make an emphasis on that again. Two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. Verse 24. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like an hairy garment. And they called him Esau. And after the first child came his brother out. And his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob. So, Rebecca was pregnant. She had the children troubling her inside of her womb. She went to inquire of God what was going on. And God emphasizes that there are two nations inside of her, two different individuals, sorry, two different individuals, and that the younger one will be superior to the elderly one. And then when Rebecca goes to deliver the child, she realizes that the younger one is holding onto the heel of the first child i want to draw attention to certain things in this particular chapter that we read first is that esau is described here as having an appearance of a reddish skin with a lot of hair on his body if you look at the name adam adam means from red soil so we can describe Esau as a black man and we can describe Jacob as a white individual. Now you need to be very patient and follow me closely with where I'm going here. Before I begin to read the next scripture, I want to highlight something. Something important, something why I believe God told me that I should go in this route. There was a time when, in Africa, people were going about their normal lives and then something strange happened. A group of people came on the scene and their aim was to make slaves out of these black people. And of course, that, that um, enterprise thrived for a very long period of time. People were taking captives on ships and taken to places to work. We have heard of stories of many of these people who were taken on slave trade. Some worked on plantations, on sugarcane plantations. Some were slaves to, to masters. They called them masters, you know, slave masters. And then shortly after that, the slave trade ended and now comes a new set of people called the colonial masters who came with almost the same strategy to make slaves out of these black people. And then many of these black nations, after a while, decided that they needed their independence. Many nations went through hell, fighting tooth and nail to see that they find freedom. They find an expression of freedom. Many were able to gain freedom. 
while many were able to get freedom in court because I still believe that this freedom that many of these African nations got were only on paper while others are literally still in between fighting for their independence they haven't gained freedom it's obvious from what we see happening with them that they haven't gained any kind of freedom at all in comparison to those who gained freedom on paper so i'm sure someone is asking right now that how does this apply to whatever we're going to go through today in god's word just follow me closely what i'm about to share with us it's a lot of reading and i want us to be very patient and listen to what god has here for us genesis chapter 27 from verse 1 we read genesis 25 initially now we're going to read from 27 verse 1 it's important that i take the story from the beginning so that we get a capture of what i'm about to share you will realize that in genesis chapter 25 i skipped the area where esau sold his birthrights for pottage and all that i did that intentionally because that's not the focus for this teaching that's not the focus for this teaching so genesis chapter 27 from verses 1 precious holy spirit let me take some time to just pray in tongues Eleka kobarakatas kwantele tosh maliana brakatole kebreketos kantia pratalia kabaratas kwatele doshata ebranulia kabarakatas katekwetolie kebrenken teskata malia kabarako teketosh kantalia barakatas kwatele keto brenken teleto malankan toske brakato kwatele kakobereketolie te e barakata kwatesketolia kabarakata kateketo malia kobarakata kwatesketo shata thank you holy spirit for your love amen genesis chapter 27 from verses 1 the bible says and it came to pass that when isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see he called esau his eldest son and said unto him my son and he said unto him behold i'm here and he said behold now i'm i'm old i know not the day of my death Now therefore take I, now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison, and make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake these things to his son Esau. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loveth and thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death and Jacob said to Rebekah his mother behold Esau my brother is a hairy man and I'm a smooth man 
my father paraventure will fill me and I shall seem to him as a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son, only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother and his mother made sovereign meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared, which she had prepared into the hands of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat my venison, that, my, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son, Esau, or not. And Jacob went near Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, and his brother Esau's hands, as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? Asking him again because he wasn't sure. And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat. And he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him. Let me read the blessings. And he said, see the smell of my son is like the smell of an open field blessed by the lord therefore god give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee be lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee cursed be everyone that cursed thee and blessed be he that blessed thee and it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was, was yet scars gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he also made several meat and brought it, to, brought it unto his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that had taken venison and brought it to me? And I've eaten of all before thou camest. And I've blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great exceeding bitter cry. And said unto his father, Bless me even also my father. Now, let me speak a bit. I mentioned in 
the beginning of this teaching from verse 20 from chapter 25 that when God was dealing with Esau and Jacob God dealt with these two individuals as nations I have had discussions where people are like oh why did God hate one and love one if you look at the lives of these two individuals because of how bulky this whole scripture is to read the stories of their lives I'm not going to read everything but I'm going to do a summary from what I know If you look at the lives of Esau and Jacob you realize that they didn't lack anything It wasn't really about them Yes Esau sold his birthright yes Esau I mean gave his birthright over a pottage of stew and then he lost the blessing But then when Esau and Jacob finally meet later on we see that Esau is blessed himself Esau is blessed in cattle in sheep he had wives he had all that stuff So it was never really about these two individuals. God said that these two children inside of you are nations. Now that is what should draw attention. Who are these nations? What is God referring to here? Who are these people? Who are these two nations? The Bible describes Esau as having appearance as having an appearance of a reddish man with a lot of hair on his body. and then i liken that to adam the word meaning made from red soil and i said that that is a description of a black man and we use jacob we said jacob is similar to having an appearance of a white man so we could call esau a black man or an african and call jacob an european now I remember highlighting that there's a doctrinal meaning of scripture and there's a prophetic meaning. I want you to just open your mind and just follow me closely. Even though we're talking about two individuals from the same mother, there is a prophetic meaning to this scripture and I want us to catch what I want to share with us. Precious Holy Spirit. So Jacob steals the blessing that belongs to Esau. And many things puzzle me anytime I read this scripture. Some of the things I want to highlight now. The first thing being that even though Isaac wasn't sure that the person who he was blessing was Esau, he still went ahead to bless him because we could see in scripture here that he kept probing to see if this person truly was Isaac, if this person truly was Esau rather. He wasn't sure So in my own questioning when I you know was studying scripture long ago I did ask myself why didn't Isaac just wait for Esau and Jacob to be in the same place or tell whoever was with him to call the other brother so that he could be sure so that the blessings would go to Esau But anyway though God has a way things ought to go from the beginning of the from the beginning of the birth of these children already saw a prophecy that went ahead of them that said that the younger one will be more superior to the senior one another thing that captures my mind is this that jacob had his hands wrapped around with the skin of the lamb or the skin of the goat or the kid and that just makes me understand that 
It doesn't matter who you are. As long as you are touched by the Lamb, your errors and your sins will be overlooked. As long as you are touched by the Lamb, your sins, your errors are overlooked. So you might have lived a life of sin, you might have lived a terrible life, but as long as you are ready to let the Lamb be your covering, you will enter into a great level of would I call it abundance or a great level of blessing? A great level of blessing. Let me go ahead because I think I'm digressing a lot. Now, I, I talked about the European man and the black man. If you look at the blessings that Jacob gave to, if you look at the blessings that Isaac gave to Jacob in place of Esau, you will see that the blessings went directly to the things of the earth like the corn and the wine and the factors of the earth and all that but then the anointing was upon the life of a man not directly on the earth but upon the life of the man so this means that whoever carries these blessings the earth will answer in accordance to these spoken words upon the life of the individual. So Jacob could go to the driest of lands, to a desert, and decide to dwell there. But because of the blessings spoken upon his life, the earth will have no choice than to yield its fatness. There must be plenty of corn and wine upon Jacob's life, anywhere Jacob goes to, because that's the word, that's the spiritual backing that follows him. We could see in scripture here that Isaac was so scared of who gets the blessing. In fact, from the beginning of the scripture, we see that Isaac didn't want to die with the blessing. He knew how important it was, and he knew that this blessing should be transgenerational. So he felt in his heart that this blessing should go to the first child. And that was what he was planning to do. But then the second child comes in and steals the blessings from the first child. In verse 34, Esau, Esau comes into the scene and Esau is asking his father to at least give him a blessing. And let's see what the father says in verse 35. The Bible says, and he said, that's Isaac responding to Esau's request to at least get one blessing. He said, thy brother came with subtlety and had taken away thy blessing. Verse 36. And he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, has thou not reserved the blessing for me? That is Esau still asking the father if he will still at least maybe get something from Isaac. And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing for me, father? At least just one, just one blessing, father, one blessing. Bless me, father, just one, at least one blessing. Even me also, O oh my father. 
And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of the heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live, and shalt serve thy brother. Hmm. I'm going to stop there so that I can say a few things. I talked about the European people coming into Africa to make spoils of Africa. They took Africans as slaves. Shortly after, they came in again to colonize the Africans. We're looking at the European in the context of Jacob having received the blessing of the father and Esau, the senior brother, who now begins to serve as a result of not receiving his rightful place, the blessing of the first child, and losing his birthright. So the Europeans were in Africa for a while, and it looked like Africa was thriving. And then the Africans looked within themselves and said, we need independence because these people are taking our, they're taking our corn, they're taking our wine, and they're using it to build their own nations. So the Africans thought that the wise thing to do was to push the European man out by asking for independence, which looked like a wise idea. But what they did not understand was that in pushing the white man out of your soil, in pushing that man out of your soil does not mean that you will yield as much as you ought to. Because they didn't understand that the fields weren't the ones with the blessing. But it was the man himself that had the blessing from the father. So they pushed the European man out of their soil. But despite pushing him out of the soil, still they remained slaves serving their, their younger brother. Because the blessing still rested on the European man, even though he left the soil. And then the African man went back to the fields to begin to plow, to begin to farm, to begin to drill, to begin to remove raw materials. And because there's a way the oil operates, you still see the senior brother serving the younger brother with his resources. Follow me closely. There's a lot that's been happening. There's a lot that's been happening in Africa for such a long while now. And everybody in their little fractions of the nations that make up the continent called Africa have been praying, have been crying to God, have been asking God, Lord, when will you deliver us from this? That this younger brother who was a supplanter that stole these blessings, continues to rule, continues to determine what happens, despite the fact that we own the, we own the resource, we own the raw materials, we own the crops, yet we export the crops to them. They, they produce goods and then we have to buy them. God, how long will this go on? That even though we have the raw materials, the gold, the silver, the jewelry, all the raw materials we can drill from the ground. Yet, they determine 
the value of my diamonds. They determine the value of my gold. I can drill diamonds from the soil, but yet the white man has to determine the value. The moment he says these diamonds are blood diamonds, it, it depreciates the value of the diamond. Why? Because the younger brother received a blessing that belonged to the first child. The reason I bring this teaching to us is because I bring us good news. All of Bethel's teachings are always very prophetic and always talk about the moment of things happening in the realms of the spirit and on earth, as we call it. Esau looked at his father and asked the father for one blessing. And the father told him, in the B part of verse 40, that it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. It shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break, the, break his yoke from off thy neck. It shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. A time cometh when Africa will say no. They will say no more. You determining the value of what I have. No more to this exploitation. No more to serving you. No. We won't take this any longer. No more to you violating our cultures. No. No more to you determining our laws. No. At this time, Africa will rise again. The blessing will return to the first child. And the first child will thrive like he should. If you look at Africa right now, you can see that the hand of the Lord is upon this nation. And so much is happening already. We're already seeing signs. Like a pregnant woman who is having pangs, about to deliver. The shaking might come. And it might not be pleasant. But I want us to stand strong. Reassured that a time cometh for Africa to rise. And I believe that that time is now. I believe that that time is now that God is set to do mighty things. God in his mercy has come again to help in his love, to break the yoke that's held Africa bound for years. And that the name of Jesus Christ will be raised by this black man to the nations of the earth. That people will come to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. People will know God and Africa will be known as a deliverer. That God will hold, God will hold the hands of Africa. And use it to bring judgment 
against territories that the devil has held, held bound that Africa will be known as a people of God and our mountain shall stand strong the mountain of the Lord shall be exalted here and the Lord will be glorified be strong do not waver in your faith continue to intercede for the nations continue to intercede for Africa I see the hand of the Lord upon Africa I see the Lord said to do mighty things it might not look like God is working but I tell you he is behind every single happening he is behind every single occurrence happening in this in these nations that form Africa I want you to be patient and watch like a movie scene what God is about to do on the land called Africa. God bless you, Bethel. I call you blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for always listening. God bless you.